You're listening to a 95 BFM podcast. Hasta la vista, movies. It's B-Movies, thanks to Metse Bar. Your source for all things NZIFF, thanks to the best place to go before or after. It is B-Movies, a day early because it's Fake Friday today and we're chatting about very cool film from the Aotearoa offerings at uh, Whanau Marama this year. We've got director Michael Dagnan in the studio and actor Ben Wall here to talk about The Paragon, which is an amazing, buzzy sci-fi set in West Auckland uh, that I watched last night and thoroughly enjoyed. Welcome, both of you. How are you this morning? Good, thank you very much. Thanks for having us. Oh, it's so great to have you up here. I think it's probably a good place to start is a little bit about what The Paragon actually is as a film. How would you describe it in a in a sort of brief elevator pitch? Yeah, uh, the, yeah. the elevator pitch is uh, it's a film about uh, the victim of a hit and run who learns how to be psychic in order to um, find the car that hit him and take revenge on the driver. <laughs> um, so, and you know... I, yeah, people have asked me what genre it is. It's obviously it's sort of it's a it's a mashup of genres, and I actually don't know. It was written very quickly, um, but I think that there's some '90s slacker comedy in there mixed in with some sci-fi David Lynch stuff and some um, um, yeah, '80s sort of grindhouse and I don't know some other things thrown in the mix. I, I, like I'm terrible when it comes to kind of get it specifying my genres, but. I feel like there's a, a bit where your character Ben is like told to stop questioning it, like just go with it, stop asking why. And I feel like as a viewer as well, there's quite a nice just letting the movie take you quality that uh, that I sort of felt like genre-wise, I stopped trying to work out what it was and just sort of let it happen, and it was fantastic uh, to experience. Ben, you're you're playing uh, Dutch, who mm. is the central character in this. How did you come to be involved in this project? Um, well, I. Michael and I worked together before. We'd done a, um, a short film about 10 years ago and another sort of thing before that and then a couple of films that hadn't quite got off the ground that I'd been cast in that he had. And we'd just had one not happen. And then uh, and Michael came to my house. I was living in Thames at the time with my wife and, uh, and said that he had this idea and wondered if um, I'd be happy to make a movie for no money for you know a couple of weeks which I was it was great we just um you know sort of six months into having a baby so it was nice to get out of the house it's yeah great. totally yeah. I think this is a very good opportunity to uh explain that you guys did this on the tightest of budgets 25k is that right Michael yeah <clears throat> that's about right yeah that is crazy how did you manage to pull that off because this is I mean it's an incredible film and that is a small amount of money by any like stretch of the imagination um yeah, I actually am not sure how we pulled it off. I think, um, <laughs> I mean, the, the 25K was is a, um, <laughs> it's just a suspiciously round number that I could come up with. I figured I could raise quite quickly, basically going um, hat in hand to um, some very generous and successful people who um, kind of with a group of them could could help kind of make this happen. And so with that number, I kind of was, you know, I've, I've, I've done a lot of, things in my career I've made sort of short docos and um, fast turnaround TV and music videos and and I kind of know my way around the mechanics of filmmaking and mm. sort of worked from there to figure out like what's doable on that budget and um, and also like you know at 25 grand basically that means you know that's cash but that's yeah <laughs> that's essentially asking everyone to work for free or close to free and and uh, you know using what equipment you can get 
so there was a bunch of decisions we made to try and sort of make that happen and one was we had to do it fast and um so we sort of shot the whole film in about 13 days with a you know very small crew it's shot in west auckland because i live in west auckland we (laughs) used locations we used my house we used (laughs) my friends location um houses um, we used the hall that's right next to my daughter's gym because I had wandered around there and sort of checked it out, um, actually. And, and Are you waiting to pick her up from something? Precisely, is it? Yeah. yeah. And I was actually thinking of, the, you know, trying to sort of write the film, sort of looking at this weird hall, which is a weird thing to be inspired by. But there you go. And so, it, 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 yeah, it was there was a lot of kind of practical thought as to how we can manage to kind of pull this off. And I think, um, I think... The reason it works is that it's it's a sort of a small story about a, a big idea, and, yeah. and it and it moves fast. And I think we sort of trick the audience a little bit because it, the story moves so quick that you don't notice that it's you know largely oh well for a bit, bit of a section of the film, it's basically two people in a room. Totally, and I think that the the thing that I really liked about this is situating it so kind of clearly in West Auckland and having the small kind of cast and the tight uh, structure of it, it, it sort of sits in quite a, a strong history of New Zealand filmmaking that works in that way, whether that is through actual limitations around the way you can make movies or through being interested in stories that come out of like the weirdness of just living in a country like New Zealand. I, I'm so fascinated about why this movie came about. What was the idea by making a project in this way, uh, a story of this type? What was uh, the kind of get-go for you? Uh, well, I mean, there's two parts to that. Like, one is just to, to make a movie. To, for, to, to, just to, I've made a lot of things and I just was just dying to get something which was <laughs> sort of a full length sit down watch it at the movies um thing and then like the subject i am um, that's a very good question i mean like i've always been interested in esoteric um weird things like um you know the uh the mystery tradition the western mystery tradition and kind of um secret orders and 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 psi phenomena too mm. um and during, I wrote this sort of at the tail end of the lockdown of 2021. 20, it's all, it's all gone vague to me. A blur, yeah. Yeah, but it was in lockdown, and I was doing this sort of um, this guided meditation thing, um, trying to not, you know, lose my mind. Stuck at home. <laughs> and and part of it was definitely like, you know, what's, you know, like your internal psychedelic kind of thinking of like, how do you shape that, and how do you kind of reach a different level of consciousness, and sort of. And then I kind of got interested in the idea of like the totally wrong guy trying to kind of reach a higher level of consciousness because I kind of felt like I was the wrong guy. <laughs> and and you know, like for the wrong reasons, but then kind of discovering, I mean, yeah, literally kind of a higher consciousness. And so in the film is like a conundrum, a, a, a moral conundrum of like, he sort of, he does, he does achieve this sort of power, but there's, but then he also achieves an awareness. And once he has this awareness about you know, like um, the other angles that of of his fate. You know, of the yeah. thing that he happened to him. Then I think that's kind of like where he kind of changes and where he kind of becomes a bit more conscious. Totally, and a bit more likable too, because he's a bit of a dick, to yeah. be honest, at the beginning. How did you uh, kind of? feel when you're reading Dutch's character and kind of thinking about how you might portray him, Ben, what was going through your mind? Um, I had a few sort of uh, vague inspirations for him. Um, 
But the main <laughs> name <laughs> and shame right yeah, now. Exactly. <laughs> no, it's, they're good people. But there's this. There was a quality that he has. I think of. Um, he's all about tiny victories. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. Like in his world, it doesn't matter who he's in near. He's in conflict with them. Yeah. And he's gonna win. And if that means being the first person to get a coffee in a line or the biggest piece of cake, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. because he's not really aiming high. Yeah. He's just in this moment, I am going to win. And it doesn't take him anywhere. So he's in a, <laughs> in a constant state of anger and frustration. Um, and also he's, you know, he's his life has kind of been ripped apart mm. by this accident. And, uh, and whether they were reasonable goals or not this idea that he can't he could have been something totally you know but he's still sort of you know a late 30s tennis pro he wasn't really going that far but at the same time it's an interesting you know it's a it's a fun character to play for that reason hard out and the there is that big chunk as you said michael in the middle where it is essentially just uh dutch and lyra who's the uh, the kind of like guru I guess in this context mm. uh, what was it like filming that part because I think that's such an enjoyable section of the movie for the kind of uh, almost like tropes of film it can pull on like the rocky almost montage <laughs> of like getting also. into the training sequence and stuff that seems like it was a really enjoyable experience creating that bit of the movie I mean it was it was fast it was hard work and but the, you know like um yeah, uh, Ben and um, Florence Noble, who plays Lyra. I mean, that—that's where you guys are carrying the film. I mean, um, that for me was like there was a we did a rehearsal. I mean, we did a couple of rehearsals, but it was one rehearsal where we sort of taped that first scene and saw the chemistry um, between these two, and that was like, oh, it's, it's work, it's work. And I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I, don't, I can't. You know, I can. I wrote down some stuff, but it was actually so, just literally the the alchemy of casting these two and um, them being able to run with that and kind of like the um, dynamic being interesting that I think worked. And so there was a big section in there too, uh, the montage, literal training montage, and you know we were able to do quite a lot of uh, little improv there. And one of my favourite lines is something Ben just came up with. There's a few. I mean, there's you know we were rolling so fast that was I was totally relying on Ben to come up with some lines every <laughs> now and then, and it came up with some bangers. And so there's some yeah, there's just like these sort of funny genius moments um, that just sort of come through. And I think that's kind of uh, one of the good things about making a film at this level is that you don't have control and you have to kind of go um, you know um, you have to kind of let the people that you're working with kind of yeah. help you and fill out things and and I've been so lucky because everybody who I just grabbed to try and convince to be in the film has brought so much to it and um, totally. and as a, it's the only the only way that we've kind of managed to come up with something as good as we have is because of the sheer talent of the people that I've somehow managed to get involved it's a fantastic film honestly i had such a great time watching it i think if you went in not knowing about like the budget limitations and stuff you would have a great time but there's something really joyful about um being an audience member kind of in on that a little bit as well there's like a camaraderie i felt almost watching this of like yeah this is so great like you don't need a huge budget to make a really cool thing you know um so congratulations Thank for you. anyone who's just tuned in we're talking about the paragon which is uh playing at whanau marama the new zealand international film festival uh and you've got three screenings at the hollywood 
two at uh, sorry one screening at the Hollywood and two at Academy Cinemas that's on the 23rd 25th and 26th of July speaking of a good team uh, you've got really cool music in this film we're going to listen to some what is this Uh, this uh, we yeah I've um, thankfully, we managed to get a little bit of money from the uh, film commission to do uh, a level of um, post-production, and we part of that we got new music from a guy named Lucola, who also is known as uh, Luke Bench, and he's just brought an amazing level of incredible sort of psychedelic synth music to the film. And I think we're listening to the title track, which is Dutch's theme. Um, uh, yeah, and I, it's just one of the elements which I've been blown away about, you know, in making this film is the music is, is amazing too, so. It's really cool. Hey, Ben, Michael, thank you so much for coming in thank and you. speaking with us about The Paragon this morning. Uh, as you said, title theme from the film. Go and check it out. It's really fantastic. You're on BFM. Listening to B movies. Intermission. That was a 95 BFM podcast. Support 95 BFM with a B card. Go to 95BFM.com/slash sign up.